Welcome to the Restore Ministries Australia podcast, where we desire to connect you with people, teaching, encouragement and resources that will see you and those around you restored to true humanity. Join us as we seek to help you apply the grace of God onto the details of your life. Welcome to Episode 6 of the Restore Ministries Australia podcast. I'm Jess Finance and I'm joined today by Peter Sondergeld, founder of Restore Ministries, Renee Gilmore and Mick Ely, who are both small group leaders with the Restoration Group process hosted by Restore Ministries. Thank you all for joining us today. I'm excited to have a conversation with you all. Um, we did an episode last week about um, leading small groups. But today I'd really like to delve into the concept of participating in a small group. We talked about how restrictions are changing and as we all start to come back together, we'll be doing that mainly in a small group context. So how can we as participants, as community members, really connect with one another in a way that's helpful, positive, fruitful and just really contribute well? Um, Mick and Renee, you've both been participants as well as yeah. leaders, so I'm sure you've got some great perspectives um, on how we can participate well. So I'd really like to start with a conversation around what makes you feel safe as a participant when you um, yeah, are contributing to a small group. Renee, would you mind starting us off today? Yeah, that's fine. I think as a participant, one of the things that's um, I think I really value as a participant is when people are genuinely interested in me and in what I have to say. So when not just a leader, but the other people in the group are genuinely interested and asking questions about something that I've shared and um, yeah, just really allowing me an opportunity to share something about myself and they actually are interested and really care about that. So that helps me to feel really safe when I just feel genuinely um, cared about and interested in. That's really good. Yeah, I agree with that. I think uh, empathy um, is something that is just very relational, uh, helps people connect and um, feel comfortable, um, as comfortable as you can in, in a small group. And um, that like it goes a long way to um, building a relationship that lasts a long time. Yeah, just to uh, throw in there on that one too is uh, empathy is about being personal. It's about understanding uh, what's going on for someone else and kind of putting yourself in their shoes a bit. I've always loved the um, the, the English word compassion um, comes from the, the Latin word compati, which means to suffer with. And uh, that's a critical part, I think, of um, being empathetic to what other people is just seeing life uh, through uh, through their lenses, the lenses that they look at life and um, and kind of feeling it with them. And um, it's, it's a really personal way to do it. I remember uh, leading a group uh, a number of years ago and there was a fella in the group who just didn't want to do that. Um, now, he was a really, really nice guy um, and we all loved him, but it was a bit of a group killer, to be honest. Mm-hmm. He um, he had a positive, and I'm all for positivity, all right? It's like, this is not a pessimist kind of statement, um, but he was he had a positive quip, little saying for pretty much everything anyone said. And uh, it, we were in this um, group kind of process that went for about three and a half days. And by the end of the uh, third day, 
It was like it was wearing really, really thin <laughs> with the rest of the group. It was really interesting to watch the effect this individual participant had on the rest of the group. And um, yeah, it was it was fascinating because he was he was a good guy, yeah, good things to say. But by the end of this third day, there were dudes in this group that were getting angry with him because they had a whole bunch of pain and trouble in their life, and um, and he was just has had a positive quip for it every time and uh he wasn't kind of seeing things through their their lenses but um he was just kind of seeing uh what he thought needed to happen which was i just got to get you out of it rather than be with you in the middle of it yeah i watched um one time someone share a really painful story and at the end of it there wasn't really anything to say because it was just really hard to hear and um one of the leaders in the group actually just said that sucks and it just made the person that shared feel so safe and comfortable that nobody even tried to put words to it, but actually just acknowledged that mm. it was just not fair that um, yeah. her life had panned out that way. And that does just create, it just creates a really safe place to be when people aren't trying to give you a, um, a positive spin, but just acknowledge that your life's really hard. Mm. Yeah. We can get caught uh, easily, I think, um, you know, it's you even look at scripture, you see uh, the book of Revelation at the end. It's like we all know where the story goes um, and we just kind of want to jump there uh, pretty quickly. I think one of the things that we've often talked about at the um, the Project Church is even about Easter, that we want to get from Good Friday, the brutality of Good Friday, to the victory of Easter Sunday, sometimes a little too quickly. And we could just hang in the in-between space a little bit longer with people. And there is good news. I mean, no one's saying that there isn't good news for uh, everyone. I mean, we all, uh, we're all we all here today because there's, there's a hope that we have that's a sure and certain hope that's going to anchor things for us. And it's because of the work of Jesus. But, you know, I often think about Jesus kicking around on the planet for 30 years before he started his ministry. You know, what's, what's he... What's he doing there? You know, like we, we we sometimes forget that I think, and we can kind of sit in groups and we can hear something hard in someone else and go, oh, he's you got to get to the victory quicker. And sometimes we can get to the victory quite quick, but a lot of times I think we'd, we've got to be patient in um, in just the um, yeah, the grittiness of what what kind of goes down in, in people's lives. And sometimes, like you said, Renee, just honestly saying. Words don't really describe the depth of what you're talking about, um, and, and and sometimes just words like that really sucks. Or um, I, I know that I've sat in groups where people say, "Oh man, that that just sounds really tiring," mm. you know. Mm. And it's like all of a sudden people kind of, you know, they feel like feel like they can relax because yeah. that, that captures something without having to describe the whole thing. Mm. Mm. Yeah, clarity really comes in godly silence. Yeah. It's uh and in small groups and things like that, that's one of the most powerful yeah. things that can happen, like you're saying. Um just sitting back and just sitting in a moment with the people that you're sharing your life with at that time, um, is is, is very yeah. very good for connection. So Yeah. Yeah, mate, I I have sat in groups with you before <laughs> and uh there's there's a weird camaraderie and unity and 
it's it's almost a strange empathy that goes on with your sense of humour. Yeah, in groups. I don't know what that is to be honest. I uh, quite often, I well, I'm only realising this after a long, long time uh, that I I mask a lot of what's going on by uh, um, breaking the ice with uh, a joke here or there or. Um, so uh, yeah, that'll come out, and um, uh, but it also it also can be a really good thing. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. So timing timing is really important, and that's yeah. um, I'm learning that as I get older, uh, what the right time is. <laughs> my wife would probably say something different if she was here. She might say my timing is not that great at all, but uh, uh, you know. <laughs> I'm meant to be getting wiser, is that right? So, yeah, yeah, that's that's a theory. <laughs> I think that raises a really great question in terms of how can we practically participate in small groups in a way that we're feeding into relationships really well and we're meeting people where we're at, where they're at and we're just contributing to a group culture that's a really healthy dynamic that fosters transparency and fosters fosters relational connection. Are there some practical ways that um, we can look to do that, to move towards other people in a way that's helpful? Yeah, I, I think that uh, making phone calls, sending texts is is something helpful um, outside of when you meet. Mm. Um, there's nothing better than face-to-face. Mm. But just sometimes just connecting with people um, and letting them know that you're thinking about them, that you're praying for them and if they need you, um, you're there to help out, so that's that's one really practical uh, thing that uh, I think you can do. You can also just pray. I shouldn't say just pray. It's it's an important uh, part of it for people who you care about in your small group and and the wider. So praying and and, and reaching out and connecting. So there's action involved in that. Mm-hmm. So. And that connection outside of the group helps people to be more vulnerable when they're actually in the group as well. Um, I was just thinking about how you, as a participant, it's good for you to think about how can I contribute something about myself that um, people wouldn't know about me unless I actually told them and if I actually shared it. And so that kind of vulnerability just really helps to, um, it helps make everybody feel safe if you're getting to know one another. Mm. And, uh, And that connection outside the group I think helps to do that too because someone might remember something you said at group and then follow it up during the week with a, a message or asking how that went. Um, and that's, yeah, it's really precious feeling like you are known and you're known not only in the group but you're known outside of that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think uh, what you're saying there I think is is uh, really helpful, Renee, because it doesn't it doesn't have to be something amazingly deep either. Yeah, you know, like I, I think we've all kind of been um, been in groups where uh, there's there's always like a couple of people who are prepared to kind of hit the the ground floor in the elevator and go all the way down, <laughs> you know, and then there's always a couple of people in that same group kind of at least on the inside looking around and just going, did they really just say that or are they really <laughs> going that deep? And and sometimes I th- I think those kind of situations for some people probably can be a bit intimidating where people just go, oh, look, I'm just not prepared to do that. And I would just say something similar to, to what you've just said. It's like just just tell us something about yourself mm. that we wouldn't know unless, unless you told us and, and, and why it matters to you. Yeah, 
And that's been really helpful for me. I'm married to a spouse who wants to just hit the bottom floor of the elevator and ask me questions that are deep. And I've often gone, no, I, I want to start a few levels up. I don't want to go, <laughs> I don't want to go there straight yeah. up. That's not my natural tendency. Um, and so I've had to learn to go, but you know what? I could just contribute something that yeah. I, he would not know about me otherwise. And yeah. then that has transferred into group time for me, just going, yeah. what could I give um, and it gets easier. It actually is something that you do. And if it's a safe place and you actually get to share something and people um, just respond in a way that makes you feel safe, you want to do it more. It's just a little bit contagious. It's uh, like, yeah. well, if yeah. I'm being known by someone and it's actually really strengthened our relationship, then you can't help but want to continue to just do a little bit more so my I guess advice to people would be that if you could just whatever level you're at just try to contribute at least something Mm. to a group and that'll just might build on it and become more and more each week yeah and I reckon it's that that the guy I was talking about earlier could have done you know like his thing was that he just kept having all these ideas for everyone else and if he had just chipped in with something and it could have been anything if he just Mm. chipped in with something and just said Tell us something about him or so, even even just down to a, I read this scripture the other day and it made me think about this. You know, even it's like some way that it connected back to him. Yeah. Um, it would have been a different story, I think, but he, he was never really personal about anything. He was busy helping other people all the time and not really ever personal. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So he's a fixer, Pete. Yeah, he was. He's a fixer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, We're he good was. At that. Us blokes are really good at fixing things. Yeah. That was a joke, by the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. okay. I'm not sure about the timing on that one. <laughs> I'll go back again, hang on. <laughs> but I think that that same kind of thing um, even applies to the way that we share scripture to each other in a group. Like when mm-hmm. we're a participant is like, don't don't just give us, um, don't, don't just hand out the verse as a theory, read the verse um, paraphrase the verse and then tell us why it's been important to you and uh, how it's been helpful to you, you know, just bringing that kind of personal kind of component in there. And then I think, like you're saying there, Mick, even though you said you were joking, <laughs> it's, it's, um, it, it then throws the emphasis upon Jesus to be the one who's fixing us up rather than us fixing each other up or mm-hmm. f- trying to fix ourselves up. Mm. Sure. I'm just going to throw this out here. We hadn't actually had this discussion, but it could be really beautiful to just hear um, your thoughts around a group that you have been a part of that was particularly beautiful for you and well-connected and what it was in participating in that group that was something helpful. Does anybody have any Mm. memories or thoughts? Most groups that... uh I've had the pleasure of being part of have have had different memories and different um, uh, they, I, they've brought up different events within me to be honest mm-hmm. and uh, and something that Renee said before uh, just about sharing something when when you do that it actually breaks a habit or routine within you to hold back and the more practice you get in that Mm-hmm. the deeper that you can get to go and the deeper you can unpack some of the real issues in your life. I've found that when I first did restoration uh, group, I only pa- unpacked the, the, the stuff that I'd known about 
for quite some time. And that was mm. that was hard to share. Mm. But the next time that I actually led one, I think I was more of a mess than when I actually was involved in, in that one. And the different people that have been in those groups, I wouldn't say all of them are on board and, and supportive and things like that, but the majority have been people that um, can connect when you do unpack something that you haven't unpacked before because it's real, it's emotional, it's raw, mm. and they connect with that and um, uh, generally as a leader you will do something to lead people where you really feel that god wants them to go Mm. and that's how they they get there so um all of my all the groups i've been in have been really special and i've got things that i'll remember about every single one of them so yeah i think there's something really special about hearing one another's stories And so when you're in a small group, there might be someone who you just go, we do not have a lot in common. And I actually don't even understand how they process or how they come to the conclusions that they come to. Mm -hmm. And then you hear their story and they start sharing about their life. And something happens in me where I actually go, that now makes so much more sense than Mm. it did before Mm. I knew their story and I knew about their life. And I instantly get empathy for anyone um, that shares their story with me because I connect to them in a whole yep. different way and it helps me to understand them. So I think that even if you're in a small group and you haven't heard one another's stories, it would just be a great um, thing to do is to actually open that up and start hearing more about um, people and their backgrounds and where they've come from. And it really helps you to connect with them and really creates a really special special relationship with them yeah i really like that i think um it there's so many things about people that make sense when you understand more about them Mm. you know you just go yeah i know why (laughs) i can see why you do that and and sometimes i hear people's stories and i think it kind of makes sense that you do that Mm. um, based on on where you've come from um yeah i think um the times where I've been really bene- benefited um, from other people's involvement uh, in groups is where they're prepared to just take that extra half a step in mm. to uh, speak into what's going on in inside mm. of me um, without kind of being overbearing or controlling or pushing me in a place I don't want to go, just going that extra kind of half a step, um, recognising that we don't always... Um, see ourselves properly and we don't always um, see what we really need mm-hmm. uh, out of it. So people who can who can love us and um, and be gracious and kind to us but um, resilient might be a word that you could mm-hmm. use in, in, in their dealings with us can be that can be a real blessing I think. Yeah. Mm. Sounds like there's a real thread of that connectedness. Um, and people, yeah, stepping in and stepping towards and, and being involved in your story, even if it's in a way of um, empathy and just that sort mm. of conversational connection. So that then, I guess, brings forth the question, if they are the things that develop a sense of safety and a sense of belonging and comfort within a group, there must be something on the flip side that can do the opposite, that can mm. kind of create an environment that... Um, yeah, feels unsafe or works against connection. Have you seen that come into play? Is there anything we can kind of warn against when it comes to that sort of stuff in a small group environment? 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> I reckon. What have you guys got? <laughs> There's plenty of examples out there, I reckon. Trying, be... trying to fix fix things, Pete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is one. Why don't you like that? Why don't, Why don't I like you like that? someone trying to fix you? Um, What's it do? What's it say to you? Well, it's it's pretty easy uh, for people to see fault in others. Um, and generally people who fix others don't really want to see the fault in themselves. So in group time they can sit there for quite quite a number of days yeah. and they will throw things out there, not so much questions, but just things that they think are helpful and um, uh, they're not. They mm. actually take away from the process that God wants to take them through. Mm. Um, by constantly thinking about ways to fix them instead of hearing somebody else's pain and anguish and actually going, hang on, is that is that, a, is that something that's in my life that I need to fix up mm. um, and actually empathise, like we said before, empathise with that and go, well, hang on, that's actually something that's really raw in me mm. and I need to do that. But uh, our tendency as males is to go, oh, yeah, you're right. You could fix that up. Oh, yeah, you yeah. could really, you know, mm-hmm. I, I know exactly what you could do. You could go down to Bunnings now yeah. and get <laughs> <laughs> a Ryobi. <laughs> Not sponsored. No. In some way, it it, uh, it dishonours the gnarliness of the problem problems that, that people feel sometimes, mm. you know, that, that tendency to, mm. to want to fix them. I remember uh, sharing with someone... And I, I hadn't known them very long at all, but I shared with someone a little bit of a struggle uh, at that particular time that I was having with anxiety, knowing that every now and then I that there's a bit of a lifelong pattern that it kind of pop, pops up in my life uh, every now and then. And um, they, I mean, uh, they're well-intentioned, so I, I'm not critical of them for this, but they quoted a scripture at me and expected that it was going to be okay at the end of it. And I just mm. kind of came away and I went, I don't think you really understand what I just shared with you. Like, this is a mm. bigger thing than just, and it's not that the scripture isn't powerful to, to be helpful in it, but it's like, don't think that if I just stick a band-aid scripture on that thing, it's going to be all right tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it might be, God might do a miraculous work, but uh, the way that he seems to work in me is that it's going to be a longer term kind of thing than that. Yeah. Um, if I think back as a participant and think about uh, the most helpful, um, the most helpful things that happened for me weren't probably the things someone said to me. They were actually a question that they posed to me that made me think um, about who I am and what I believe and just things about myself that I then had to really start exploring. Um, that has been far more helpful to me than anyone probably saying something to me. Mm. Um, so a good question is just people asking really good questions with genuine interest and care for you mm. um, has been really helpful for me as a participant. And so even as a participant, you don't need to be the leader of a group to ask good questions. I think mm. even for me, if I contribute well to a group, it would be by asking really good questions of other people in the group. Yeah, yeah. And that actually becomes a really helpful um, helpful rather than maybe the speaking into all the time is not quite so helpful. Yeah, I uh, I particularly, I think this is more than my reaction as a as a leader. But I, I, I really struggle with people who just have nice little short quips, you know. And it's like I just got to get this one out of the cupboard, you know. I'll just I'll tell you I'll tell you this one, and everything's 
Yeah, see? Fixed it all up, didn't it? I mean, it goes back a bit to what you were saying, Mick. Let me, let me give you a couple that drive me up the wall. Uh, one of them I've been waging war on for a long time, and it's this one, I know how you feel. Mm. Yeah. Right? Because, I, I, I don't know, I, it probably shows that there's some thing that needs dealing with in my heart, but I just go, just, okay, I'm okay, and it would be really helpful if you said, I can really understand what's going on there for you, but mm. say I know how you feel when you haven't walked in my shoes and you're just yeah. assuming it's like something that, that's happened to you. That drives me up up the wall a bit. Um, another one that drives me up the wall is where people jump in really quick and say, God's going to use you in other people's <laughs> lives. <laughs> it's like, I just really like God to be doing something right now. And it's not yeah. that he's not, but that's that's the feeling in the middle of suffering sometimes is, can he just be doing something? It's like... Uh, the disciples in the boat on the Sea of Galilee, you know, don't you care if we drown? Mm. You know, that's that's what they're saying to Jesus. It feels like he's doing nothing. Don't point me necessarily to the future in five years' time. I, I need help right now. Now, that future hope is important. That's that's really important because if it doesn't exist, um, then the present, you know, the bottom falls out of the present, really. Yeah. Um, but... You know, I mean, people can do that with scriptures even, I think. And one of the most precious ones is Romans eight twenty eight, which is all things work together for good for those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. And you, I kind of go, all right, we're all in trouble if that's not true. Mm-hmm. All right, that's the first thing. But if if you stick that one on someone's wound, thinking it's going to be all right tomorrow, mm-hmm. um it's going to, hopefully, it'll be the bedrock for them, but it's not actually going to make the wound go away and it can come across as a bit of a, a quip and it's not really even the scripture that's the problem. It's the way that we use it. That's the problem. Yeah, it's really about not needing to mop up the mess, is it? It's okay to sit in the mess and just really sit there and talk about it and ask yeah. questions in the midst of it and it not even need to be mopped up by the end of a night. Um, mm. It can actually just sit there and that's okay. You can still relate to one another and continue to relate and connect to one another probably even more if you haven't just tried to mop up and leave mm-hmm. everything really tidy, really yeah. tidy and cleaned up. Yeah. Has, have people done that with you? Yeah, I think so. Just felt like I've probably done that to other people too, I think, but because um, I Sorry, like I mean to... the, the positive thing of not mopping up the mess. Oh, uh, yeah. I think when that happens, you go, wow it's okay to just still sit here and be messy in this. Mm-hmm. And and if they've pointed me to talk to God about that, that's even better. It's mm-hmm. like they're not even, they can't even do anything about the mess probably. Yeah, yeah. But if they can um, sit in it with you and then point you to God who can um, comfort you in that, then I think that's what's been really helpful. Mm. I'll never forget when I first did restoration, uh, after I told my story, uh, one of the leaders, Legend Cole, came across and just shook my hand uh, I was I was pretty hysterical in tears and things like that and he just came across and shook my hand and then he sat back down and I couldn't understand why he came and shook my hand because <laughs> I'm sitting in a cesspool of shame and guilt and just mess and uh, he shared after I'd settled down a bit that just you know just appreciated that mm. and that that action mm was, I think what you were saying before, the, the, the action was all that was needed at that time. If you would have tried to say, oh, it's okay, 
um, which that's a big no-no really, um, particularly when you're just so upset that way. Mm. It's mm. People, people know it's not going to be okay mm. if they don't confess their stuff to God. Mm. And, and go and try and get fully restored through him. So um, that was that was powerful. So mm. see, that's a that's a great example, I think, of the unifying um, power of of love. Mm. You know, like I've I've been um, I've shared you know the rubbish in my life in in groups before, and and found out later that. One of the participants went home and uh, told his wife that I shouldn't be an elder in the church because I've got that kind of mess going on in my life. And what the the way that I, at least part of me internally reacted to that is there's a tendency to stand up for yourself and to curve in on yourself and kind of it's self-defense at that point. Um and it didn't come out. I mean, we just kind of let it go through to the keeper. Really, is is what we let it let it do. But um, you can see how if you if you have anyone in a group that actually makes comments to that effect, um, it, it can be a, a really really quick thing that people's walls go up and mm-hmm. they're they're thinking self protection. They're thinking I've got to be careful here because people could take advantage of me. Love, on the other hand, in the middle of someone sharing about their brokenness and their mess, mm-hmm. is is like unifying. You know, mm-hmm. all of a sudden people are coming coming together, and that's that's why I think it's so powerful for anyone in a group. I mean, Cole was the leader of that group for you, but anyone in the group that gets around each other and loves each other, mm-hmm. um, it brings people together. Um, when we don't, and when we act um, either critically or uh, judgmentally or just for our own kind of self-interest what it does i reckon is it fragments the group and people run to the hills of kind of self-protection and operating for themselves yeah that begs the question then i guess around watching those kind of missteps that happen in our relationality with other people in small groups because there's no doubt that that's going to happen. Mm. We've got a whole bunch of sinners together in a room looking to connect. Mm. Some stuff's going to go a little bit awry somewhere there. Um, And within some groups, there can sometimes be a tendency to look for a leader to to step in there. But um, we've talked a little bit about the role of a participant to just really step in and be alongside the other people. So... Mm. How as a participant then when we're seeing those missteps and those kind of um, negative effects within a group culture come into play, how can a participant step in to that space and not just sit back and wait for the rescue of the leader? But, mm. um, yeah, be an active participant in connecting with people where things have gone a little bit wrong. Yeah, that's a good question. Listening is a key in a lot of, a lot of what what happens in these things and that's a skill that you have to you have to learn you have to practice and things like that and being able to step in you need the wisdom of when like i said before about jokes and things like that you have to be careful of when and where and what you do um but the key i think is listening listening knowing people's story knowing the situation being aware of the whole group um and as a leader, you, um, you, you're listening for opportunities to ask questions. But as a participant, it's also 
I've found some of the participants ask me some of the best questions mm. and you get to know each other at, at different mm. stages and then when something doesn't go well within the group, it generally has a link back to something that they're processing and if you haven't listened and you don't know some of their story or you, you're not prepared to ask the right question um, in that time, then and it can get really messy. But, yeah, listening for me is just one of those things that um, if, you, if your group is good at, good at listening, it's going to be a good group. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's helpful. Yeah, one of the... Um one of the things that I think is, um, is is really critical in this space is just remembering um, about critical mass. You know, I, I think we've seen that in groups, and it's you know it's a bit like that example I gave earlier on of the uh, fellow who was being positive all the time and not being personal. Um, everyone else was ready to go in the other direction, and he was the only one. Um, who was kind of pushing in that direction. And I think a lot of the groups that I've run, it's it's actually unusual to have a whole group that wants to head in the same general kind of direction. There's usually one or two people who just go, yeah, I just don't, don't really want to go there that much. And um, I think at that point what it comes down to is it comes down to the boldness of the other group members to go this is what I know that God's doing in my life and this is what I know he wants to do in my life and so I'm going to keep going in the direction that I know is a healthy and good direction to go even though there's going to be some people who aren't going to go there and I think the the ballast inside someone's life to keep pushing in that direction is you know what Jesus knows way more about me than you know (laughs) and it's way worse than you think <laughs> mm-hmm. and he and he still loves me mm. um, which means that I can actually go out on a little bit of a limb knowing that someone else may not respond to me particularly well but also knowing that Jesus always will and he matters infinitely more than anyone else's opinion who's in the room mm. yeah I think kindness just goes a long way in a mm. small group too and Kindness towards the person who may, what we talked about before, um, for everybody else, um, they've given a lot and this person who doesn't give anything actually does give something and it might not feel like a lot to anybody else, but I think if you can celebrate um, the win of someone who's just given something of themselves, um, that just creates something within everybody that they all pick up on that too and just go, yeah, like thank you. Thank you for sharing that and, um, and really acknowledging that with kindness is um, one thing that I would say to that. And the other is just, I think if you as a participant can actually go and ask God, is there something that I did or said in that instance where things might've blown up a bit and you are able to just ask forgiveness for that Mm. and just acknowledge that, you know what, maybe I actually wasn't that gentle with you when I said that. And I'm really sorry for that. I just, you watch a group dynamic change when someone can own um, just something that they did that wasn't very helpful. Mm. And the more you can own that um, and just ask forgiveness for that, then, yeah, it just really changes the dynamics of a group than everybody thinking that they haven't done anything to contribute to the mess that might have just blown <laughs> up. But um, So kindness and, yeah, offering your own um, 
yeah, offer of forgiveness is just really helpful. That's can, great, eh? Can I ask you a question uh, on that? Yep. Can you think, so think about um, classic church small group, so not drilling into the deep, dark recesses of people's lives. Um, I can't remember what that was like. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while to be back there. So community group, whatever, Bible study, um, what, what would be a couple of really basic, kind things people could do for each other, do you reckon? Just simple. I mean, yeah. kindness makes the world go around, I reckon. I think just contributing what you have. So I've just found if someone's gift is hospitality and they turn up to a small group and they have baked goods for the small mm. group, then they've actually served everybody by using a gift that, that they have. Um, so there might be someone who doesn't share a lot or say a lot, but each week they're there to bless the people that they're meeting with. I think yeah. that is a way you can be kind. You can be kind uh, by offering, yeah, what you have. And whether that's um, in words, whether it's the handshakes, the genuine interest in people's story, yep. just whatever you have to offer, um, then come and give that. Yeah. And so contribute, contribute yeah. in a way um, that serves the people in the group. Yeah. Truly be mindful of other people and their, their needs a bit, isn't it? Yeah. Like it, this is a really doughy one, right? But I'll just put it out there anyway because I thought of when you talked about hospitality, I thought when I think of someone being kind to me in a small group, what are they? what's one thing they could do? Well, it's, the, it's when you go to someone's house and someone who's not the host and doesn't own the host asks if you want a drink. Yeah. And I'm not having a crack at the host because they didn't actually – they no. weren't hospitable. I'm just saying. Yeah. It's like – what on earth is that person doing that, that for? They go, oh, do you want a glass of water? And they get up and they go and make sure that you get looked after, you know? Yeah. I mean, I've never seen the host be embarrassed by it, although I'm sure that they <laughs> no. have been. But it's like, oh, hang on. At that moment, I'm going, they're actually thinking about me and what I, what would be yeah. helpful for me, and they, and they shouldn't be. Right, and I've just seen even, um, I think Mick talked before about just listening well. But somebody has listened well and heard that somebody loves a certain type of food and then the next week that person turns up with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that just it just does wonders for how somebody um, appreciates that, not only that they did it but that they listened well the week before and they heard something and then yeah, they contributed well. Mm. Um, so you, if you've got the gift of gifts and mm. you love to buy people gifts, then listen well and bless people that way mm. or the hospitality or whatever it might be, the cards and the messages in the week. There's people and I've been in groups where they don't say a lot in the in the group time and you think, I don't know what's going on. And then in the week you get a hand-mailed card from them um, of just encouragement. And, mm. yeah, so it's just serving and blessing one another, loving people really well. That's great. Yeah, that's good. I think you can do that. Um, you can do that with prayer too, can't you? Yeah. It's like. You don't have to make a song and dance about it, but during the week, maybe three days after your small group met, you send a text and you say, hey, I remember you saying this the other night and wanted to let you know I've been praying for you. Yeah. You know, that those things are really, that's really kind, isn't it? Yeah, it's valuable. Yeah. Hmm. Thank you all for coming and ha being here and having this conversation this week. I think it'll be really mm. valuable and I'm really looking forward. Hopefully we can hear some stories about people that, are feeling well connected and well cared for yeah. and well loved um, in their small group communities after hearing and listening to this conversation. 
Uh, And just like every other week, we'd love to leave you with the scripture. And this week it'll be Colossians 3, verses 12 to 13. It says, Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. Thank you for listening to the Restore Ministries Australia podcast. If today's episode was a blessing to you and you would like to support our ministry, please visit www.restoreministries.com.au forward slash donate. Every generous donation is used to further equip and serve the broader church to see people restored to true humanity. Or if you would like to access further articles, videos and resources, please visit our website, restoreministries.com.au and head to our resources page. Restore Ministries Australia, a catalyst for Christ-centred change.